Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello, I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. We are going to go over three games from this past weekend, and then tomorrow will be Power Rankings Wednesday. Um, I could use some help from you, actually. Send me a tweet some point this evening and tell me some category you want me to discuss with Power Ranks. You know, or maybe I'll do something along the lines of A through F, as if you're in high school and these are the grades I would give their collective defense or collective offense. I don't know. I just came up with that off the top of my head. Whatever. But instead of just reading the names, uh, maybe we'll go over injuries or something. I don't know. But I, I want to do something along the lines of what I did last week uh, with the remaining schedules or some category to kind of talk about highs and lows and you know peaks and valleys these teams might be facing or up to this point. Maybe turnover differential. It's such a big stat. Just to keep everybody aware where everyone's at on that. Anyways, um, Giants nudge out the Bengals last night. Another good game. I mean, again, this was a very good slate of games this past week. And highly competitive down the wire. We got all that. They exchanged touchdowns early. Um I got to say, I was worried for the Giants for much of this game, especially early on. With no Pew, you know, Justin Pugh, he's their best offensive lineman. He's a guard, if you're not, not aware of them. Obviously, he's not a household name to everybody. Um, they had zero answer for Geno Atkins. I mean, wow. I mean, Atkins was on fire, especially as a pass rusher. And there was, you know, he was a dominant, dominant player. And it really felt like for the majority of this game that the Giants are just lacking around Eli, with the obvious exception of Odell Beckham. And Odell played really, really well in this game, too. Um, I'm a big Shepard fan, but these guys live in three wide receiver personnel, like 95% of the time, by far the most in the league. Um, even if Cruz is back, I think they need to add a receiver this offseason, maybe one with size, you know, the, just because if you're going to play three receivers that much, I mean, you better have four or five good ones. And they have two, maybe three. And one was out. Um, they've had zero ground game, but I got to say, they actually ran the ball a little bit in this game, especially in the second half. Um, so that's something to get encouraged about with the Giants. There's two things I want to mention with the Giants that I was encouraged with that we haven't really seen. And that was, they actually ran the ball again in the second half when it was most important. Um, and they also got consistent pass rush pressure. And they blitzed just seven times. That was something I read today. I, I felt like they blitzed more than that. But they, so, so from what I read, they only blitzed seven times in this game. Um, Pierre, Paul, and Vernon are basically playing every snap all year. <laughs> and that's asking a lot from a football player. You know, it's some, once in a while they need to come off the field. Um, but in this game... And I really haven't had a lot of doubt about those two. I mean, I believe that they're both really good players. 
But those two, as well as Eli Apple and Janoris Jenkins, which is big-time money from the offseason, uh, the Giants got their money's worth out of those guys. You know, Apple was, uh, he's up big-time money, but he's a big-time resource in that they used a reasonably early first-round pick for him. Uh, Jenkins was big money. They kept JPP around on a one-year deal for a good p- chunk of change, and Vernon they broke the bank with. So those guys on defense stood out, and the Giants got their money's worth of those guys last night. That was big. Uh, back to Giants having the ball. Um, I thought Eli was okay. He didn't handle pressure exceptionally well. There was some drops, too. Again, there was a... A, a feeling there for a while that he just does not have enough around him. And that's a feeling I've had throughout much of the year. Um, it, it didn't, I'm curious what comes out today, but in the fourth quarter, AJ Green limped off. He returned, but if he's not the same, that's a real problem for Cincinnati. And I don't recall him making a big play after that either. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but it's just off the top of my head. But really a back and forth game. A lot of momentum changes. You know, there was a stretch there. I really felt confident that Cincinnati had this game under control. And in the end, you know, I mean, I think the Giants were the slightly better team. And if they played 10 times, it'd probably go 5-5. Five and five. You know, I mean, I mean, at one point, Dalton throws a terrible interception to Landon Collins. And then Eli immediately answers and throws a terrible interception to Georgia Loca. It was like, like what are we doing here? Um, the Bengals were, were really bad on third downs, though. That was a key component to this game. I think they still need more at receiver. I mean, Boyd may get better in the future. Eifert back is nice, but LaFell's just a guy. I, I think they have to add one more receiver this offseason for sure. Um, I thought Spagnolo. It, it, like I said, it shocked me they only blitzed seven times, but I thought Spagnolo did a good job of switching everything up and showing a lot of different looks. Uh, at Dalton, and that was something we kind of expected. So uh, that's pretty much it. You know, the the Giants did run the ball a little bit. Um, Fontes Burfick also was a big player too. I mean, Atkins was somebody I thought that really, really stood out on defense, especially early, especially rushing the passer. Um, but I haven't been super impressed with Fontes Burfick up till this point uh, this season, and I would say this is probably uh, his best game of the year. Um, Folks, we are brought to you by SeatGeek, and they've been with us every step of the way. We are big fans of them. I've told you before, a lot of my buddies, when the Steelers are home, they go down early. If it's a 1 o'clock game, they go down like 8 or 9, tailgate all day. And they're all SeatGeek. They all use the SeatGeek app because it works out so well for them as they're down there eating, drinking, throwing a football around, having a blast that they set their, you know, they, they can set these alerts that I want to pay this much to go in. And if it never shows up, they go to a local bar or whatever and watch the game. If it does come around to, to that price, then, you know, they use their SeatGeek app and they go right in. So uh, I just want to tell you a little bit more about them. They're the smartest, easiest way to find tickets for the football games you want to see up close and in person like my buddies do. There's nothing like being in the stadium for the biggest plays of the year. And with SeatGeek, it's never been easier to get the guaranteed seats you want for great value. And, like I mentioned, a couple of them got a really good deal to go see Dallas at Pittsburgh, which was the hardest ticket of the year around here, from what I understand. Even harder than New England when they came to town or you know any of the division games. Um, my buddies use the SeatGeek app on their phone, and it's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. It can be anywhere with just a few taps. You can instantly find seats for this weekend or any game this season. 
With SeatGeek, you always get the best deal on every ticket because SeatGeek prices compares for you by searching multiple ticket sites. Prices can vary depending on where you shop, but SeatGeek will always find you the lowest available price. And SeatGeek wants to help you get the most bang for your buck. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is giving a grade based on value. That's pretty cool. That's something they like a lot too. You'll immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals to fit your budget. Plus, every ticket you buy on SeatGeek is 100% guaranteed. Best of all, all you guys out there get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. My buddies have already taken advantage of that. So to get that $20 rebate, download the SeatGeek app. I think you can figure out how to do that. Go to settings, add, click the add a promo code, enter the promo code LONFL, and they'll send you 20 bucks. So, good stuff. The next game to discuss, the Chiefs just keep winning. I'm going to write an article later today about what are the Chiefs doing well. And I, I haven't started putting pen to paper yet, but things are bouncing around in my cranium. They don't beat themselves. They're well coached. They know who they are. They have a formula. They don't ask Alex Smith to throw deep outs and deep digs over and over out of four wide sets. They are extremely opportunistic, aggressive also well-coached on defense. Pass rush is really starting to come. They've created an awful lot of turnovers over this uh, over this stretch of, of this winning, you know, the last 20 games or whatever it is. It's a good formula. I mean, Carolina was up by 17-3 late in this game, and Kansas City still pulled it out. Although, I mean, I think you can make the argument that um, Carolina flushes one away a little bit too. So I look at the Panthers and think, are they done? Probably. At most, they can lose one more game. But I think basically they're done. Kansas City's rolling. They lead the NFL in takeaways. It's a big play defense, like I mentioned. Justin Houston didn't even return for this game. Um, so that's still looming out there to add to the equation. That's pretty exciting. Um, D Ford has been spectacular though. I mean, he's really turned into a good pass rusher and I thought it might be a little fluky early in the season, but it's not. I've watched him a lot. Really gets off the line fast. I mean, he, he's a good player. I can't wait to see him in Houston and that might, you know, they might gel right around playoff times and look out. Um, you know, they got good players at every level. I mean, Peters is a stud. Eric Berry was a stud in this game too. The huge pick six on the, you know, a throw that I thought Cam Newton played quite well. But he can't make that throw off his back foot. And Barry made him pay with a great return after that. Um, and then Peters makes a big play. And did a, he did a number on Kelvin Benjamin most of his day. So in a way, I mean, it was the chief stars on defense that really showed up in this game. And they're a, they're a heavy dime defense. They'll blitz a lot. They throw a lot at you. They play a lot of man coverage. Um, and they got some underrated guys that don't get a lot of credit that are, are better than you think on that side of the ball. And I, I thought their defense was pretty average at the beginning of the year. I thought it was way underrated to end last year, and it was right there with the uh, the Texans and Broncos as the best defenses in the league. And, you know, they took a couple hits in free agency this year and started a little slow on this side of the, that side of the ball. But they're back to playing really, really well. Um, rushed the passer extremely well. Panthers offensive line is obviously dealing with a couple injuries. I mean, namely, uh, Khalil at center. They've been revolving tackles all around the place. So 
Uh, they, they don't have the continuity or talent on the offensive line right now. Um, but, I mean, it's probably still a game the Carolina should win. Like I said, they were up 17-3. I mean, the 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 Chiefs were 2-12 on third downs. You know, a ton of short passing, which is, you know, kind of what you expect. But no Macklin in this game. Uh, Tyreek Hill, Tyreek the Freak, um, super... I think he's what they wanted DeAnthony Thomas to be or McCluster, you know, that he's this smaller, more receiver than those guys, more pure receiver than those guys. He's not going to get many carries. Fast, dynamic, great with the ball in his hands. Really has been a cool story this year. I mean, uh, Tyreek Hill had a nice day for sure. Um, I thought the KC offensive line was quite good in this game, and I will say that they're better than I expected them to be overall. Fisher had a rough day at left tackle. Um, I ex- I'm a little disappointed with Carolina's defensive line, though. I mean, we're short in Lou Lele in this game. They, they need to be better every week, and they have not been this season at all. I think that's a big problem for them. And it didn't show up huge in the box score, um, but it was a really strong day by Spencer Ware. I mean, I, I think he's a very good back. I mean, I'm not saying he's a... a uh, pro bowler every year or anything, but I think he's a quality number one back all day long. Uh, really contributes to another typical Kansas City type of win. Um, they just keep doing it. Progressive presents Mind Flowness with Flow. You are a mighty fortress of supreme knowledge. Progressive Direct has not only revealed their rates, but those of their competitors. If you were any more in the know, you would be drowning in, you know, the no. Compare Progressive Direct rates with competitors' rates because knowledge is power. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. All right, the last game I want to talk about is Miami going out to San Diego and winning this one. And big picture San Diego... I think they're done. You know, they, I, I think you can stick a fork in them. And they've had a very good year, despite what their record tells you. I very well could pick them to win the West next year. You know, you, you think about it. They don't have that many glaring needs. You know, I mean, they should have a little bit of cap space. They should pick reasonably early in the draft. Could use a safety. You know, maybe another defensive lineman. When in doubt, throw another defensive lineman in the mix. Maybe a tackle. Um, maybe a receiver, but they get Keenan Allen back. They get Stevie Johnson back. I mean, maybe a receiving running back. But, I mean, these are luxury items. I mean, they're, they're not going away. And I think that San Diego fans should be excited about what's there now. And I hope they don't go making huge changes to coaching staffs and scheme and all these things because I think it's close. And, and they're close in a lot of games, including this one. Uh, you guys all know what a Rivers fan I am. But he threw four interceptions in the fourth quarter, <laughs> and some of them are really bad. Some of them, I will say, I have to go back and ask if they are blown assignments by a wide receiver. You know, he's playing with guys that have not a lot of snaps, or if they're just terrible throws. I bet it's a combination of the two from what I saw live. But four, you know, four fourth quarter interceptions, two very late in game. You know, one was the Alonzo pick six to really seal the game. Meanwhile, Tannehill had zero turnovers. I mean, despite um, the Dolphins having 11 penalties in this game, and my San Diego ran 71 plays against 50 for Miami, 
the Dolphins still won, and I think Tannehill had a lot to do with that. You know, I, I, I've kind of been on an island on this guy thinking that it's too early to flush him, and I thought that Gase was the perfect guy to bring him around and bring this offense back. And I think we're starting to see that, and I didn't expect him to all of a sudden turn into Drew Brees overnight. But in this, I think this was his best game of the year, probably the best game of the pro. He was more than a game manager, but he still did the game managing things and didn't make stupid throws and, you know, didn't turn the ball over. He's starting to really make plays. You know, he keeps things alive. He wasn't all dink and dunk, threw quite a bit downfield. I thought he handled pressure really well. And for much of this game, the run game wasn't there for him to lean on. I mean, Ajayi got revved up pretty much in the second half, but was really shut down in the first half. And, um, his defense wasn't great, yeah, that's for sure. They struggled against the run quite a bit. But I thought Tannehill played a really good game. And uh, his pass protection wasn't all that great. You know, Ingram was causing lots of problems. And if you don't know who Melvin Ingram is, him opposite Bosa is, who? it's almost like what Houston, I think, envisioned with Watt opposite Clowney. And different type players, but... Uh, Ingram and Bosa are different type players too, like Watt and Clowney. Um, but he's a dynamic, exceptional athlete that when he stays healthy, he's a great player. And we've really seen that this year. But anyways, they had problems with Ingram and their pass protection was a problem. Um, I haven't been the biggest Devontae Parker believer and I certainly want to see more. But I thought his performance here was highly encouraging too. Um, that's big you know I like Landry and all but he is what he is I mean he is a chain mover slot tough guy you want to have on your team um Heinz Ward on his best day Anquan Bolden type guy you know I mean and that's great but I also like the 6263 guys that can get downfield and hopefully that's Parker I still have my doubts but this was a a step in the right direction for sure with that this is a big win for Miami, and their defense didn't do a whole heck of a lot well, except for, quote, cause turnovers, which I think I blame San Diego for more than I want to um, praise the Dolphins. Although Cameron Wake, I mean, he's another great story this year, too. I mean, he beat the dirt out of Barksdale, and I don't know if any of you out there are Wire fans, but every time I hear Barksdale's name, I can't help but think of The Wire. Best show ever, by the way. If you have not watched The Wire, you have to watch The Wire. So two little things we've discussed here in our short time on the Locked On NFL podcast. Best show of all time, The Wire. Best movie of all time, Godfather 1 and 2. If you have any problem with that, you're wrong. There's other great ones, but they're clearly at the top of the list. Okay, move on. Barksdale keyed that out of my mind. But anyways, Miami's still alive. Uh, Miami's still alive. I, I tend to think that two wild cards will probably come out of the West not San Diego now uh, in in the AFC. But if there's somebody else that's going to get a wild card, especially with the Bengals losing last night, I think I'll put my chip on Miami. And I think they're a pretty good team. And both these teams, big picture, I think you should look at them from a favorable perspective, that good things are happening here. I mentioned San Diego's offseason. It's not time to talk offseason yet for the Dolphins. But I think they have the coach. Might have the quarterback and have a lot around those guys. So, you know, I think these have been successful seasons. Even if they both these teams end up 8-8, eight and eight, I think this is a successful season for both. 
Well, I want to thank SeatGeek. I want to lead you to the rest of the Locked On Network. Locked On NFL Draft. Vinny Iyer does Locked On Fantasy. All those are good shows, not to mention Locked On, all your favorite teams, Locked On Browns, Locked On Bears, Locked On, you know, all the all your favorites, not or your least favorite or your biggest rival or your division. Check all those out. Drop me a line on Twitter at WilliamsonNFL. Give me a suggestion for Power Ranking Wednesday. I basically have the rankings done, and I just want some sort of category to chat about. And it might just be uh, turnover differential, and you know, that's not super exciting, but it Tells a lot. Tells a lot. Alrighty. Adios. Napa know how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99 cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know how. Napa know how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17